We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have these enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you wanna you, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America episode. I have no idea what episode we're on. <laughs> Where are we? Are we in the 300s, 400s, 200s? Who knows? Almost 300. I'm Turner Sparks. Uh, you can I'm find Kaplan. me. 
at turnersparks.com. Uh, <laughs> Let's start <Get> over. <laughs> How do we do this? You say I'm Turner Sparks. I say I'm Mike Kaplan or whatever. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We don't usually number these, the round tables. That's where we always get confused. Oh, you're right. Well, like, I think once we did, good but usually call, we good don't. Call. All right, everybody. Welcome to Lost in America Roundtable. We're back with another roundtable. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram at turnersparks.com's the website on tour. I'll be in Las Vegas March 10th to 17th, 19th, somewhere in there. March I'll also Madness. be in Carson City, Nevada, March 11th. So that's those both those dates can't be correct because those overlap. <laughs> look it up it's, on your website. You'll look it up on my website there. for St. Patrick's Day. Come to Vegas. I'll be there for the first week of the NCAA tournament. Come to Vegas. I'll be at the Tropicana mm. the whole week doing shows. You can find Kaplan at Kaplan America on all social media platforms. Cap with a K. Kaplan NYC for all your real estate needs. Kaplan, yeah, I go got- ahead. I got a, we got a, a, a Sunset Park uh, condo I'm about to put on the market. We're about to be selling something. So follow, come to Cap NYC. Well, I'm going to have all the updates and open houses. You can come hang out, come For see all the, the non New Yorkers. You might remember Sunset Park from the great movie. Remember the yes. movie Sunset Park, the basketball movie. <laughs> Maybe we should movie. run it on a, that's a great idea for the open house. I'll have it running like on a projector reel on the wall. Who was <laughs> it? Was the, it Rhea Perlman was a basketball yeah, coach? I think so. And she went into the hood and she taught mm. like the kids how to play basketball. Oh, uh, maybe we don't want to run that now. It's Sunset not, uh, Park. What modern. time is it? It's time to get live. It's time to represent. Remember that? Was that Sunset Park, New York? In that movie? Yeah, that was, was before it, like, it became LA? a Chinese community. Yes. Okay. It, the movie's now, great because at that currently Sunset Park, New York is Chinatown times ten. It's like well, it's a, it's a very diverse area actually. No, it's, it's not at all. What are you kidding? It's just I'm all Chinese to sell this people. to everybody, not just. It's not diverse <laughs> in the slightest. Okay. If you don't speak Mandarin, don't even think about it. <laughs> Although it's bizarre because it does. It's a hundred percent Chinese, and then if I'm thinking of it correctly, isn't it? You there's you 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 cross one street and then bang, you're in like Israel. <laughs> this is not. You are and not then, coming to the open house. This is not how we're then, selling this property. And, uh, People are yelling and there's and then you go two more blocks and bang, it's like it's like the Dominican Republic and they're dancing. But nobody crosses into it's not diverse because no one it's segregated. It's the last segregated <laughs> no, neighborhood in America. <laughs> Don't not listen to this guy. It's a beautiful neighborhood. It's a diverse neighborhood. Oh, I think it's, it's a great beautiful. place to raise a family. It's, none, it's, it's not diverse, <laughs> it's not the word. They didn't call the bedroom. South diverse. They called oh it segregated. <laughs> it is I guess it technically not, it is diverse, but the, the races don't mix in Sunset Park. No plantations in, South, in Sunset Park. I don't know what you're talking about. Point is, it's a I'm beautiful sure it's a beautiful place. Captain NYC. Captain NYC. <laughs> <laughs> it's convertible three bedroom. It's a great place. Ooh, now we're yeah. talking. Yeah. Kaplan, most, we, we're going to get to the round table in just a minute. We got uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. We got Andrew Heaton. We got the whole gang. But a couple of very important announcements. March 2nd, March Second, 9 p.m. Eastern, we are doing our second screening, and I want to say probably our final screening. Well, you know, you can never say yeah. for sure, but the final one we have planned right now. The so final we might online never screen screening. this again. Yeah, online. We're going to have screenings. Our final online screening, uh, and it's of our Lost in El Salvador TV pilot to get that. We're going to be showing it on a YouTube, on a private YouTube link. My mom called me. She goes, <laughs> I talked to your cousin. 
Mike, talk to my cousin. She said they don't have that streaming platform. That they streaming service it. you're on. You're like, yeah. what am I on? Pluto? What they are we talking about? They don't have the about? streaming service. I said it's YouTube. Everyone has YouTube. My mom she's goes, never heard of the YouTube. Really? People, everyone has YouTube? I'm sure Dr. Bob Kaplan has never heard of YouTube. So it's, it's just Go a to the internet and thing. type in YouTube. <laughs> Y-O-U. Go to your AOL. AOL. Take your AOL browser. Go anyway, AOL. you know who figured it out? Who's Bill that? Davis figured it out. Shout out to him. He joined this week. Patreon. Uh, Larry George. Shout out to Larry George. Kaplan, one of your friends joined. We have oh, Drina De Niro. Shout yes. out to Drina. My friend Drina. Yes. And shout out to her. Well, Kaplan's voice just got really low when he said that. He became a professional. <laughs> Drina De Niro. Drina I'm a professional broadcaster after all. And uh, yeah, we're, it's gonna, and we still have, there's still time to join because it's going to be Thursday night. Join before. And it's the best time to join our Patreon. You're getting the be- You put $5 in, you're immediately getting something very exciting. You're getting... This TV show, you're also getting all of our bunker Patreon shows. Yeah, and I and, think and Kaplan, yeah. what I'm going to say because we had somebody write in from Hong Kong and they said I want to watch it, but it's 9 a.m. for me. I was on about a work to say day. this. I can't yes, watch it. So what are we doing? Tell the people. The link is going to be live for what 24 hours? Is that the rule? Right from when it goes. Yeah, up? so it's a private YouTube link. We're streaming it, but we're just going to keep it up for 24 hours. And if you write in and you say, hey, you know, we'll go 48 hours, whatever. If you, We'll work around your schedule if you're joining an and you write in specifically and say, I can only watch it at this time. <laughs> the <laughs> only difference is for everyone who watches it live, you get to take part in the Q&A we have with yes. a special guest. With one You'll of be the chatting. We're going to have show. a lot, very live chat. And yeah, we're going to have a guest from the show and you can ask questions of the guest. And But if you can't watch it live, you can still watch it. You can just watch the whole thing at your, at your leisure. Uh, so that is patreon.com slash lost in America. Five dollars gets you the show, but if you love the, if you love us, if you love the show, we self-funded this entire project, and I'm going to tell you something. It costs a little more than five dollars. So if you want to throw in ten bucks, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, like the great Dennis Owens, yeah. Drew Freilich, Tug, that whole gang, go for it. And we, ne- uh, we'll we never hit you up for a GoFundMe. We never did that. You know, we're not those people. No, we but give you, feel you a like- product in advance. We yeah. fund it, and then we just ask you to watch it. We GoFundMe is the opposite. Post, post fund me. <laughs> yeah, they take a bunch of your money and then go make some show that you don't even know if it's good or not. I once gave like $100 to someone who was making an independent thing. I don't know why. And they said because my name would be in the credits, and then I never even watched it. So I don't even know. They might have lied to me. <laughs> like, your name wasn't so, in the credits. No. So, But we're if you just want to you know, reward us, say like we're really – we support you guys. We, we're proud of what well, you did. Well, reward us, but it's also a great show. Yeah. It's $5 yeah. – for uh, an hour, over an hour of entertainment, because you're getting the show's 47 minutes long. We went to El Salvador to find out what it's like to live in a country where Bitcoin is your currency. We hung out with the whole stand-up comedy yeah. scene down there. We profiled their scene, and then we did a stand-up comedy show with them at their local club. The first ever bilingual stand-up comedy ever. show. Only one ever, still. In El Salvador, and the only one. They haven't done one since, exactly. So that's 47 minutes long, packed hilarity. Plus, you get an intro from me and Cap, what we're going to do live. You get a QA and a at the end. This is like an hour and a half of entertainment mm. for five bucks. Don't give it to... go. Don't, you go down to a movie theater. What is it? $50 Ugh. now to see a movie? And we have no coming attractions. We're not going to waste your time with any other <laughs> projects or anything. We're not going to tell you to silence your phones. You keep your phones loud if you want. Anything. It's a much better experience, so... You know, you're going to love it. Um, yeah. Do that. And the last announcement. So people said, all right, you guys are screening this show. But if I join your Patreon, what else do I get? Well, you get our, our um, live from the bunker full throttle comedy podcast that you can listen to a few times a week. We've already put out two this week. Yeah. But on top of that, starting in April, 
once a month, we're going to have for Patreon subscribers only. This is a big announcement. Patreon subscribers only. Uh, we'll, we're going to open up a Zoom, a Zoom online, you know, like Zoom dot whatever Zoom is online. Zoom. We're opening up a Zoom. <laughs> Tell your cousin, uh, your aunt, our, whatever. We're going to get one of your favorite guests from Lost in America on, whether it's maybe it's somebody from Ukraine, maybe it's Afghanistan, maybe it's Armenia, maybe it's England. We're going to get one of the most exciting guests, a, a new one every month. They're going to come on. This is not going to be the, the regular general public is not going to hear this. This is only for yeah. Patreon subscribers. You jump into the Zoom and you, we're going to unmute you guys. You can ask them questions. Anything you yeah. wanted to Whoa. know. You've listened to a few of their podcasts, their episodes. Whatever you want to know, you can ask them. You get a drink. We do a happy hour. You bring a cocktail. And then you get to jump in and chat with all these people we've had on the yeah. show. And How's we'll that? follow up on, you know, because a lot of times we have a story and people ask me how so-and-so doing, you know, CR in Afghanistan, for instance, or, or like we'll do an episode about an election. The election happens. And so, so we can just check in, a little check in. And we then we can check open up- in and it's private. It's only for it's, Patreon yeah. subscribers. And we'll have a new guest on every single month, once a mm-hmm. month. I think Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern will probably be the time we'll do that. And you know what we'll even do? We'll leave it up for the people that can't join live. They can watch it later on if they want, or maybe listen to it. Maybe we'll put it out as a Patreon podcast so they can exactly. listen even if yeah, they're yeah. not in there. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea for the patrons. They can that's probably a good way to do it. Patreon only. All of that starts at five bucks a month. I anyway, mean, a enough of that. Let's get... Uh, <laughs> we will, what's up? I was going to say, speaking of money, let's get to the episode where we're going to talk about tipping for an hour. So yes we're yes. Gonna, well, we're this yeah we're gonna talk about tipping you'll enjoy it everybody um we will see you all march 2nd at 9 p.m eastern in the private youtube link go to patreon.com slash lost in america sign up now to make sure you get that link all right kaplan let's get to the show once again we have convened the world's smartest podcasting network. I'm very excited to talk to my friends and I'm very excited for them to help me sort out tipping who I'm supposed to tip and why or what I'm allowed to be cranky and stingy about. This is a topic that can be abstract, but I think is deeply personal to anyone that eats food outside of their house regularly, which is at least half of my audience and probably more than half of the other audiences. We are rejoined by Michael Kaplan. He is coming to us from Vermont. Hello, Kaplan. Hello. I just jumped out of a hot tub with some lovely people to come to come talk to you, Brain. So <laughs> good to see you all. That. I, I, that you, that's like a quantum statement. It's, it somehow sounds very wholesome and very seedy at the same time. Like it really depends on your intonation on, on what I think is going on there. Well, well, I'll just say it's a seedy motel we're at and the, the hot tub's outside and we got locked out on our first try to go to the hot tub. Uh-huh. There's a door. You don't shut it. That's my tip if you're at the Mountaineer Inn in Vermont. Don't <laughs> shut the door. So we're outside. I sent my son around the building to let us all back in. So anyway, nice. good to see you. We're, we're okay. Good to see you as well. And you you were the host of Lost in America, along with Turner Sparks. Hello, Turner. How's it going, everybody? Good. Uh, you are, your, your vision's returned? Are we, are we fully visible now? I couldn't see all afternoon. I disappointed um, my family members by messing up things throughout the day today. But yeah, I went <laughs> to an eye doctor this afternoon, and they didn't tell me at any point. They said, hey, we're just going to put some solution in your eyes so we can see something. Sounds good. And then uh, I said, no problem. But then when the eye doctor ended, they, I was like, I can't really see. They're like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You're not driving anywhere, are you? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, that's good. Yeah, you're not going to be able to see for like the next four or five hours. And mm. it's just starting to come back. So I had a I couldn't I was a, a handicapped person all afternoon. But, you know, my ear, my hearing improved. 
So that's good. The other four senses are really cranking. Nice, right good. Now. Your senses improved. Nice. <laughs> You're tasting street signs as you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I had something similar happen to me. Hi, I'm interjecting even though I haven't been introduced. I had something similar happen to me. They didn't tell me that my eyes would be messed up for four hours. And I agreed to a phone call, like a work call, on the walk home from the eye doctor. So I actually didn't have my hearing or my vision. And I was just stumbling around New York City, unable to tell where cars were. And somehow didn't think to get off the call. That's the kind of dedication I bring. And that is the voice of yeah. Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy, who is the host of Majoring in Everything. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Thank you for having me. I expect tips for this appearance. Thank you so much. Uh, we can do that. We can all plug Same. Venmo at the end of the episode right. and see if we're able to accrue those. So but before we get into it, I, I want to check first just because... Um, this could influence our positions on this. Has everybody here worked for tips? Has everybody been a, a waiter or waitress or some kind of, of tip-based job at some point? K- Kaplan, Many, what, yes, what, what yes. have you done in the tip world? I was a delivery pizza delivery man at the fine establishment Little Caesars in Allentown, nice. Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey. okay. And let me tell you, I was that was there was an old it was in high school, so everything was in cash, but there was nothing more. I still remember the house where I got a $10 tip. It was the greatest day of my life at the moment. Well, so. when pizzas are $1, it's how much do you tip on that? What's 10%? Everybody would tip us $1. Some, yeah, sometimes people would give me $2, and that was, I like those people, but somebody once gave me $10, and I, I, that's the only pizza I, don't, I never spit in or anything ever again. Those are, the, those are my people. So. <laughs> nice, nice. That's the, 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 other, the other ones, the tipping had an incentive to keep you from spitting in their pizza. Good. We're only learning one economic concept. Or to stick uh, my hand in and take a pepperoni out or something, you know. Was, was that the last tip-based job you had? It was, and I worked for many jobs. We're going to talk, I know, about how people are now supposed to tip based on how people don't make a lot of money. I worked many jobs where I did not make a lot of money, and nobody office jobs and nobody ever gave me a tip for doing my job properly. So mm. Um, mm. I'm interested to know where we're going in society with that. But yes. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about like if you tip your barista and if you tip like food truck people and all that kind of stuff, because that's the thing I really want to know. And I've, I've got some unpleasant opinion on some thoughts. Uh, Andrea, have you worked for tips? I sure have Heaton. And I'm, I'm here mostly for your unpleasant opinions. So, uh, <laughs> so, so bring them. I've I've had three main jobs that were tip based. One was I was a server at a Perkins in Western Maryland when I was in high school, and uh, my smallest tip ever I once was given three dimes, and mm. it wasn't even it's like the smallest coin that we make uh, as well. So it was a real real kick in the face. Uh, though it was the '90s, so that was like ten dollars. Wait, then. what? What was the what was the situation? Did did like you do something, or was it just a, a, a miserable get? I don't think I was particularly rude in that case. I think it was just a really old dude. Uh, and to be fair, I think he didn't order very much. I definitely had cases where I completely messed up, uh, but people was not the lowest tip. Hmm. Uh, my my second tip-based job when I was in graduate school, I spent a summer in New York City and I was a late night host at Coffee Shop, which was used to be a restaurant in Union Square. And it was very good. I had to work from midnight to 5 a.m., so that was not fun. But there was a built-in, and maybe we'll talk about this too, there was a built-in tip because it was strange hours. And the, the people at the place at one in the morning were also drunk. And so they would often tip on top of that. And so I would get double tips. So that was kind of awesome. Nice. Turner shaking his head. He doesn't I hate those me. places. Oh, I know. It's amazing. And, uh, and then my last one, it wasn't tip-based, but I did get a fair number of tips, was when I lived in Shanghai and worked at a circus-themed nightclub, they oh. would 
tip us when we came over with bottles of champagne and stuff like that. But you That's pretty that. standard. Yeah. I think most people listening to the Thank program have, have worked as a, as a server at a circus-themed nightclub in China Most at people point. have tipped a champagne girl at a circus. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. To be professors? fair, I, I wasn't the server, but uh, yeah. I, I could use some tips as a professor, but uh, no no such luck. No, to get good grades. you know. I, okay, real, real quick. A- Andrea, I think that people should do that to throw professionals off. Like next time I go I to the doctor, I'm going to slip him $5 when I leave <laughs> yep. because I think it's going to blow his goddamn mind. Like that, I like right. I went, when I worked in TV, like I thought about doing this to guests on their way out, just giving it like mm. very quietly slipping them a five because that would throw off their whole day. The rest of the day, they're going to go, wait, am I supposed to get tipped normally? Am I doing a badge? Like what, like what did I, I think it's a really good way to screw people with people to give them $5. It's actually a good use of money. <laughs> Noted. Well, they do that. I just want to jump in here. In China, the way because it's uh, um, it's the opposite of like the public health is like overrun because it's it's highly subsidized by the government, so it's really cheap. So everyone's at the hospital all the time. So it's hard to ever get a doctor's attention. So you do bring in a stack of cash, a red envelope full of money, and you throw them at the doctor to try to get moved to the front of the line. Or if you have a family member who's sick. You tip the doctor so that the doc in advance, so the doctor will spend extra time because they have super limited time. So they'll spend extra time with your family member patient as opposed to these other losers who can't afford to pay. Communism. I love it. That might be cheaper than our system all the same, but it sounds horrible. I would really, really dislike that. It's like I've been at the doctor in, in China. We're off way off base immediately. But you know the feeling of when you're in the old days, when you're trying to get an autograph from a celebrity and there's like 100 mm. people sticking out their paper with a pin, holding a pin, mm. and the guy just randomly yeah. picks one and signs it. That's what it's like trying to get a doctor to pay attention to you at a hospital in China. <laughs> Always bring bribe money to hospitals. So, le- legitimately, you have a piece of uh, paper that's that's like your book, and you're waving it in his face, and he'll just kind of pick one, and they'll be like, you! But there's no line or anything. You're just kind of cramming it in your face. But is a bribe a tip? It also sounds like drunk people at a bar trying to get a drink, right? Yeah. Yeah, the exact same. Exact same. Anyway, you, should I say what I did? Yeah. I were I was a valet parker. Oh. Ah. Uh, valet park cars in Sacramento, California, the capital. And uh <laughs> also New Orleans, Louisiana. Ooh, the French. Wow. Nice. You you've been a a, a a parker in two different states. Two states certified in two states. Yeah. To park cars. You have to be certified? I, no, not really, but it you know okay. it helps. You have to have a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a diploma. Yeah, I I did learn how to to drive a stick shift on other people's cars that I was valet parking Oof. for them. Mm. So it's nothing like stalling out in front of someone in their own in their car. <laughs> nice. Uh, I've done that a few times, but yeah, I got tipped. It was usually two to three dollars, and then um, if you know if you're at a really if you're at like a swanky nightclub, and it's four in the morning, maybe ten bucks. But what about you, Ian? Yeah. Uh, and on, on my end, I was a waiter. Yeah, I was a waiter for a little while. I, I was good at being a waiter. I liked being a waiter. I was a bartender, which I was horrible at. My boss called me Earthquake. Uh, I am amazed <laughs> I didn't get fired from that job. And I've been, uh, I've been, I've been a tip based. I shouldn't say I've been an entirely tip paid tour guide a couple of times, where like like basically busking, which is kind of like tipping, right? So I do, I, I would do three hour walking tours in Edinburgh. And I only got tips at the end. That's like your calling. You must have been amazing. I was great. That was the best I've ever been in anything, including the program people are listening to right now. <laughs> uh, I was I was very, very good as a tour guide. And ironically, I'm I'm like pushing 40 and I am still a busker for a living. My entire income comes from busking. So those were great skills. Oh, yeah. Patreon. We all work off tips. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like like learning how to go like, hey, I'm going to do this thing anyway. You don't have to pay me, but I'll starve if you don't. Like learning to be able to do that in a way that's funny and people like was a really good skill for me to learn apparently uh, later on. I've got another one to add, actually. It's okay. comedy, which is anytime you do a show where you pass around a tip bucket and then we oh, divide it among yeah. the comics and everyone gets like a sticky dollar bill and a chicken wing. Right. Yeah. 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 You might get like nachos or at least they validate your parking. Um, Once we got a cigarette. Okay, so we, we've established our our uh, working people bona fides. None of us are aristocrats who've never worked in the service industry. We've all at least worked at a circus <laughs> or busking or as a waitstaff. Okay, great. We, we've got that covered. Um, so I, I want to talk about um, basically if tipping's stupid or not and what the economic rationale for it is. But before we jump into that, uh, I am curious as to how it started. And Turner, you seem to have an idea of the origins of tipping, and I'm very curious. I do. This is according to a New York Times article that I remembered today. I read it was came out February 5th, 2021. And um, you might be surprised to know that tipping started in the United States when uh, slavery ended. And Ooh. it was used as a way for white people to continue not having to pay black people for the jobs they did. We are clever. You got to give us that. And it said, we don't pay you. Let someone else pay you. If you do a good job, the customer will pay you. But we don't want to be the we're not going to be the ones to pay you over my dead body. Am I paying you? (laughs) And uh, also then women got lumped into that, too. When I don't know, was there a time when women weren't allowed to work? Well, the waitressing, right? Was that where that comes from? Up till 1930 or so. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. And yeah. So when they when we finally let women work, we said you can work, but we're not going to pay you if you want to work. Fine. Beautiful but you're going to do it for free unless somebody else pays you. But you can go get a tip from these other people unless you know how to flirt with the customer properly. And then you. Yeah, exactly. Hooters, waitresses, you know, if you know how to write your name, but then for the I and in, in Stacy, you put like a heart instead of the dot at the I. That usually helps. I put a little smiley <laughs> on the check. Can you sign your name in lipstick? Here you go. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. And then uh, in, in um, sorry, what was the year? I think 38, who would, uh, Roosevelt, 1938. Roosevelt signed the nation's first minimum wage law into existence in the United States of America, but he cleverly excluded restaurant workers because um, restaurant workers were disproportionately black people. Mm. So that's where it's all rooted in. So any of you who are defending tipping, uh, good good for you, you're defending slavery. <laughs> this is, by the way, this is one of my problems with that kind of logic. Way to turn that on. With it. the New York Times. Do you know where minimum wage? Lo- I mean, that's what it is. How am I turning it? I'm just, I'm just giving you Turner history. Turner just became woke. I love it. Welcome, Turner. M- minimum wage laws themselves came out of racist institutions, like, like not the FDR one, but the, the original minimum wage laws started in the South, I think with railroad companies where basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing the racists. The racists would say like, well, you know, white people can't possibly compete with black people because they're subhuman. So they can work for much lower wages than us. The only way we can compete is if there's a minimum wage. And they figured out that they could price out black people and basically knock them out of the market. So anyway, take that New York Times. If you want to hire a minimum wage, you're supporting racism. Well, and should I also I should also say that when I worked as the, the valet parking job, you would get paid a different amount. Per, I worked all over the city. In each city I worked in, you'd be contracted out by the company, and you got paid a different amount based off the, how much they thought you were going to get in tips. So the place where they thought no one would tip, we got $9 an hour. Huh. But if they uh-huh. thought everyone was going to tip, we'd get like $2 an right, hour. Right, because they figured you'd make up and for it. And even at that point, it stuck in my head like, 
how how is my boss allowed to only pay me two dollars an hour? And he's like, well, they're right. gonna pay you. I'm like, why is that legal? But how much did you actually right. make as a valet on average an hour? How much? Oh, in yeah. a night? Yeah, maybe like a hundred right. bucks, something like that. But the the nine bucks place, you'd have to, you know, if you work twelve hours, whatever it might be, you would get a hundred bucks. But I don't know, fifty to a seventy five. Because when I when I was delivering pizzas, I was when I was delivering pizzas, I was making like nothing. But in all those cash tips, even though it's a dollar two hours pizza, I still made way more than the rest of the staff at Little Caesars. They all pool, they were all you know in the back making the pizzas, doing real work. So they all hated me. Mm. Mm. So that's where I think right. they came up with this pooling tips idea. Oh well, you should have shared your money with them, Captain. I should have. Well, well, the, they pool tips now. I know we're going to get to that later. I think that's why they came up with it because they realized like. That might have been it. I was like the rich kid who had a car so I could deliver pizzas or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm. What well, I can speak. Anyway. Okay. I can't speak to why it's legal or not legal, but I can speak to the economic theories that sort of underpin the system if we can dip into that. Let's go. All right. Go. So um, tipping is meant to, if, if we're going to be on the side of tipping for a moment, giving it a fair shake, the, the rationale behind that is that it addresses the principal agent problem. So that is to say the, the person that knows if you're doing a good job in terms of customer service, is the one that's outsourced paying you. So I, as your boss, go, uh, I'm actually just going to let the customers pay you whatever you think your service is worth, and there's very strong norms behind that, and that's going to incentivize you to directly deal with them. And then it also has um, kind of informational signals that are there. So I, as the manager, may not be able to watch every single person on my staff, but every customer can watch their server completely and know exactly what they wanted. Uh, and um, the signal also works on the other side where I don't have to fire you. If you're doing a crappy job, you're just not getting very many tips and you're probably going to quit. Um, so part of it's an informational signaling thing. The, the other bit, and I think this is probably the main reason it exists, at least in a restaurant context, is because of upcharging. Because uh, it's not just that I, as the boss, have uh, outsourced the the wages that you make to the customer. They're paying you directly as opposed to going through me as an intermediary. I've also incentivized you to sell more products to them because if you're going to say like you, you come and go, you know, our, our key lime pie is absolutely delicious and you guys want coffee, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know that the bill's going to be ran up and that the tip's going to be higher. And so it ends up you get more money as a result because we're selling more stuff and I get more money because we're selling more stuff. So I think that's the main reason it exists, at least in a, a restaurant context. A third argument I've heard, and I've also heard it that it actually doesn't uh, hold water empirically, is that I said that so slowly. Is that uh, it's supposed to incentivize better service too? Right. Because right. I know they're paying me, I'm going to be nicer to them as opposed to just be like mailing it in. Right. Yeah. I've I've heard that a lot. I actually do. That's that. Those days are over. They all mail it in now. <laughs> yeah. Do we do we do we think that's <laughs> true? Nice by the way, that, like that that is that is the, the the typical response I hear is that it it makes better service. Um, I think we've all traveled a fair amount. Uh, Turner, you were going to say something. What do you, what do you reckon? Um, well, on this topic, yeah, I, I would actually... So I'm against um, tipping. I think that companies should just pay people for the job they're doing. I think it should be on the jo- the boss. But on this specific thing, I do think it it creates better service. No matter how bad you think the service you get is, if you've ever had service in a country where there's no tipping culture mm-hmm. at all, you're ignored for like 99% of your meal. And even to get the bill, you a lot of times you have to stand up and go get it from them. And then there's not even the concept of, oh, I've made a mistake. It's not like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. I'm sorry. No, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, we're not here to help you. If you want to eat, go ahead and eat. But what do I care? You yep. know? 
I, I was in Mexico uh, this time last year. I actually did a, a gig that Turner hooked me up with in the Yucatan Peninsula. Thanks, Turner. And yeah. uh, was was hanging out down there. And uh, you were exactly right. I I, I tried to kind of eyeball. Now, they don't have a tip based culture. I I I kept like a pool of what would have been twenty percent. And I would like dole it out to the one person that remembered to fill out my water. They would get like $40 <laughs> that day. Uh, and, and it always kind of shocked me because I'd walk in and I'd go, I'd say in Spanish, you know, hello, I'd like to eat lunch. May I have a table, please? And they'd go, yeah, yeah. And then they'd just fold silverware very slowly for like five more minutes. And I'd be like, how can you be prioritizing silverware in an empty restaurant when I, the customer, have a... It was like, because there's no yeah. reason to do right. it. That is true. Well, I will say... I have a I have a counter argument on that, which is I actually think American service is overbearing, and I like countries where they leave you alone and you have to flag them down. It ah. can get too extreme. I've also been to places where you could literally like grab the guy and he still wouldn't bring you food or a menu or anything. But generally speaking, I like the places where even in the UK you can sit and yeah. you can talk and no one's rushing you out and checking on. And one of the things now I'm just really getting uh, uh, worked up that I hate in American restaurants is that they say things like, hi, I'm Susan. I'm going to be taking care of you tonight. It's like, I don't need to be taken care of. I'm an adult. <laughs> and they're saying it and they're being overly nice and saccharine because of the tipping culture, I'm sure. Hmm. Uh, I, you know what? I don't disagree with you there either. Um, I, I'm, I'm in Britain all the time. I was in Scotland three months this summer. I don't see a, a, a noticeable difference in, tip, yeah. or in, in, in service culture between the two countries. It's not, When I go to Scotland, it's not like everybody's surly and mean. Like the, 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 a little bit of that saccharine bit you talk about, that's mm. missing. But I don't find that the actual competency is affected. It's just less smiley. And I'm not terribly yeah. bothered by that. No, I was just going to say in America, I feel like it used to be the, 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 the way we grew up, it would be like whenever you tipped like someone at a coffee shop or a place where it wasn't normal, they would be so appreciative. And it'd be so you would it'd be a way to get better service, a way to feel like a big shot, a good person. It, nowadays, it's so uh, it's just like matter of fact, you're supposed to do it that they they it's like it doesn't get you anything as far as service Well, they goes. really kind of uh, presumptuously flip that little iPad around that's looking at you. Yeah. Says, what do you want to tip? 20, 30, or 40%? Oh, the flip. And they turn their head away, pretending like they don't care. Yeah, they say, yeah. you can sign it now. Uh, yeah, I hate that. And I always give zero. Kaplan, <laughs> you have identified my primary problem with the system of tipping in our country, which is um, if, if it's meant to... Um, incentivize good service, and it's also meant to solve the principal agent problem. That is to say that it, it's we're outsourcing your wages to me, the customer, and I can pay or not pay you. If I have such a strong psychological impulse to always give you a minimum of 15 to 20 percent, that doesn't work. That's no longer a thing. Now it's just a weird custom we do. Fifteen. That's an insult in most yeah. of America now. Fifteen. You better yeah, you better be careful who fifteen percent in New York City. It is. Well, for for, for me <laughs> twenty for, to Pete 40. Hates workers. No, no, no. Twenty percent is my norm. If you really, really piss me off, maybe once every three years I will give you fifteen percent. But oh but think about my that. God. That's if three you're doing times. a terrible <laughs> job. I'm willing to knock it down from twenty percent to fifteen percent. And that's the I don't think I've ever not tipped anyone ever. Right. So at yeah, that right. point, you, you can't really say the principal agent problems is solving for the informational problems because we're going to do no. it anyway. And uh, if, if everybody's going to get a minimum of 20 percent, even if they're horrible at it, then it, it's not going to sort out labor in terms of people that are bad finding other jobs and so forth. So I, I, I don't think it's informationally useful at this point. I think it's it's not 
a law. Like it's not illegal to not tip, but I believe that the restaurant will like come after you if you don't tip. Like it's actually, you could be like prevented from, from eating there again. I don't know for sure, but I I don't know. Maybe I've just ingrained it so far that I cannot fathom. I don't think that's true. Really? I thought they'd come after you. It's not a law. They can't, like when they give you that 20% that's, it comes with a check, you could fight that. They can't force you to pay that. That's no Could I give zero? Okay, I mean, I'm not going yeah. to. Wait, yeah. another Could example. On, on You've clearly never gone out to dinner with Gary Sparks, my father. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, well, like, like, so first of all, to, to Remind your Remind me to invite him out. <laughs> to, to your point, Andrea, I actually think that's a, a great example of like kind of how mind-blowing the norm of tipping is. Uh, yeah. Like you don't have to pay. You never have to pay. There's no law yeah. about it, but it's, uh, it's uh, uh, reputationally damaging yeah. and it is incre- like you are uh, – ostracized rightly so right mm-hmm. but like you think if you were if you did not care about other human beings at all and you were passing through a town you didn't plan to go back to you wouldn't tip but even then it, nobody does that everybody always yeah. tips because uh, it's so strongly put into us which again brings me back to the, the principal agent problem i don't think it's good at relaying information cap you just brought up the automatic 20 percent surcharge that happens on tables if it's automatic what's the point of it if if it's right. if it's automatically there, then you could have just you could have just built it into the price to begin with, and just had everything increased by twenty percent, not bothered me. And honestly, I know yeah. Andrea do this, but like the people, they don't tell you it's built in, and then you pay extra. I mean, that should be I don't know, that should be a year in jail or something. <laughs> oh, so this is I'm going to call this place out because it rightfully Let's went go. out of business. It was called Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. <laughs> Here we go. And, I'm so I'm the one person, the one comedian in New York who's like dancing on their grave. I'm happy they're done because <laughs> I went there to see Norm McDonald and it. I went twice to see Norm. I didn't catch it till the second time, like a year later, you know, but um, they're in built in is an 18 percent service fee. And then you but they write it into where you don't even notice it. And then at the mm-hmm. bottom, there's a line for the tip. Mm-hmm. And the second time I was there, I caught it and I was like, oh, I was tipping on top of the, and then yeah. their total they give you includes the 18% they put in. Mm. Turner, at least their drinks were real cheap, right? Was it like a real cost effective place? cocktails. <laughs> mm. Mostly water. Um, and I, people are like, oh, I'm so upset that it's, it went out of business. It's an institution. I'm like, they were screwing over Manhattan, New York City. I feel like this is more common in places like uh, Caroline's, like places that kind of do other things. I know that other comedy clubs have justified it. It's like, well, there's a separate fee for like the comedy room and the work that goes into that or the overhead for this. Yeah, but they're not paying the comedians. Well, exactly. And I think, you know, you see the same thing at, at hotels where they kind of add in a fee. And I think it's because you can get away with it because what you're doing is sort of housed under some other oversight. So you're like, am I paying for the show? Am I paying for the thing? Whereas a regular restaurant, it will do it too. The restaurant I worked at did it. Uh, but I think you can get away with it more when you're in something that's like offering a little bit more than just the food or drink service is where you see it more. Or the late hours, like they sneak it in. But there's the evil because if- It's evil, if, yeah. If we were to tell the general population what comedians get p- paid to do spots at these comedy clubs, yeah. they'd be horrified. It's yeah, not yeah. even the price of one person's night at one audience members. We get 50 bucks and they pay at least 50 bucks a person with drinks and exactly. everything to watch. Yeah, this yeah. is the new slavery, yeah. actually. And we get paid at most 50 bucks. Like there's, you know, a lot of places yeah. it's like 20 bucks. It's the new what, yeah. Kaplan? This is the new slavery. I'm anti-worker, but I'm pro-comic. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm a slave because oh I, I, 
What's that? Oh, my internet's out. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I, I think because we're we're probably going to be ragging on tipping for a minute, uh, mm. and I, I've right. got problems with it too. But before we do that, though, I do think we should make some good faith arguments in, in front of it. Um, so, like for for I've, I've uh, in terms of just accepting tips, restaurant servers, what comes to mind for me. Um, in all of, in the restaurant I worked at, if I were offered minimum wage versus tips, hardcore hands down, I would have picked tips. Um, if they were giving me like $20 an hour, I probably would have picked that. That would have been great, right? Uh, it would depend on how high you set that wage. But in in businesses that are operating on a, a 2% profit margin, I don't know that they're going to be paying much higher than minimum wage. And so I don't know that it would necessarily be better for the server. Uh, if you, you, you all have worked there. What do you think? No, the bartend bartenders make a lot more, I think, in America than they do in other countries. Or at least, if you, at like a good, at like a nightclub, or no, I buy that. When I when I'm in when I'm in Britain, in in Britain, you like like bartenders. I mean, granted that they don't tend to be doing cocktails so much; they're just doing pints. But you you give them like I usually give a pound per drink, or maybe a pound for every other drink. But it's normal to give like a couple of pounds at the end of the evening. Right. So you might have had like six drinks over an hour, and you give two pounds and a tip. Like a bartender is gonna. I was in America. I give bartenders twenty percent of whatever the drink price is. Yeah. Really. They, <laughs> yeah, generally. I was like, I thought it was a dollar per drink. At the when you buy something at a bar, I thought it was a dollar a drink. Unless it's like a sit-down cocktail that they're bringing you and making. A dollar a beer if they have to make you like a mixed drink or something. I think you give a few more. Yeah, am I am I overdoing this? Can I just give a dollar for beer? It's not twenty percent. Twenty percent. You're at you're doing math while you're standing at a bar. <laughs> I think like it really depends on the complexity of the drink. Mm, okay. Like like a a beer or like a. Beam and Coke or something, I think $1. But if they're you're like, I'm on a Long Island iced tea and they have to stop everything, then then more. I thought it depended on if you were standing or sitting. Like if you're sitting at a table, it's 20%. But if you're just standing at the I'm, bar. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Heaton, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Because we brought up earlier and we didn't really have an answer for it. You worked at a restaurant, right? Yeah. You're saying? Yeah. And Andrea as well? Yeah. You did as well, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So what did you guys do to people who didn't tip? Because you said it's like illegal not mm. to tip. And there's always this thing that, oh, they're going to spit in your food if you don't tip. But that doesn't make sense because you tip at the end. You don't tip. Right. How do they know to spit in your food? I, I don't think it ever. So I did get stiffed all the time when I was a tour guide. Um, and that was kind of built into the bottle. And you just had to develop the thick skin for it. When I, when I was a, a restaurant server, I don't remember anybody ever once stiffing me on a tip. I think maybe somebody wow. gave me 10% or something. Um, and it would it would irritate you, but I don't I don't remember ever like it would have infuriated me, but I don't recall that ever happening. I mean, it's it's really psychically difficult to do that. Like and I, I don't bl- you would blame mentally the person. You wouldn't blame your boss for not paying you a fair salary. No, because because well, no, I mean the the, the boss is going to do one of two things, right? Like let's like like the let's establish this right now. If you get rid of tipping, the boss isn't going to take it on the chin. That's not going to happen. So if you get rid of tipping, all you're going to do is make the service the, the food cost more. So instead of the food plus 20% tip. But the food does cost more because you, t- you have to tip. Right. So the price would just be listed in the menu. T- Turner, what that's I'm saying what is- That's what I want. Right. Get, that's that's fine. Go. That's fine. I'm just saying that this, just for, for anybody concerned about this, the consumer is going to pay just as much. Like sometimes yeah. when people advocate for for very strong labor laws, they have this fantasy that when they put this in, the boss will go, oh, shucks, I won't go on vacation anymore. And that's that's not going to happen. So the, we're, we're the consumer going to pay for this either way. Uh, when I was a, a, a restaurant server, if somebody had stipped me on a tip, I would not have been mad at my boss because the arrangement was very well known. I was getting in there. I, I was arguably charming and fun. And so I did pretty well. And the tip system benefited me. I, I liked it. 
But isn't that such an amazing um, just mind game that bosses in America have figured out that now we yeah. know is rooted in not wanting to pay black people money? It's crazy yeah. to me that they've convinced all of us to blame the customer and not while they're paying you $2 an hour. And they continue to benefit too, right? I feel like not only are they paying the workers less, but they also can claim lower income uh, as well in terms of, I don't know, we got to get Gary Sparks on the line here uh, for the accounting, but. Oh, I don't know if they can claim lower income because I guess their cost would be lower. So that's bad. Because if the if the food cost more and people were paying more, you'd be like, oh, I made more. Whereas if it's 20 bucks that goes to the server instead. I feel like, though, mm-hmm. uh, one of the wrinkles here with uh, would you rather have minimum wage or make money on tips? Generally, I also would make money more on more more on tips, with the exception of Perkins, where I made profoundly less and used to accidentally overstate my tips. And then I had to pay taxes on oh, money I didn't gosh. even make. And it was horrible. But I feel like moving to moving away from cash into credit cards and even Venmo has got to change the math on that, because it's worth more to get cash than to get something that you can be taxed on. And that's got to change the math around whether or not I prefer a tip or not. That's my tip to anybody. If you want to give somebody... If a, you're not claiming your cash, which I wouldn't. No, I was going to say, if you want to give a server a nice tip without that 25% thing, do it in cash. Give them like 18%. You can do 15 Um So uh, a couple of things. First, I, I don't think that if you just had the... I, I don't think there's a price difference for the restaurant, uh, whether or not they're um, uh, putting the price in the food versus the server, because the server is still a business cost. Um, the, the wages are still a business cost that's mitigating against the profit margin, j- just as the prices of the food would. So I don't think it would change. And, and Turner, I'm going to push back a little bit on the New York Times through you mm. in that I know historically there were riots in Britain at one point when the nobility – it was either Britain or France. The nobility considered getting rid of tips for valets and butlers and things, and they there were riots. The working people rioted because they had the same equation that the servers had. So th- there have been forms of tipping that predates – you know, this sort of slavery re-microwave institution. Okay. I do have an answer there. I got all an right. answer for you. I'll Good. push back on the pushback. Let's go. Ooh. Which is that the, <laughs> this is all based off one New York Times article I have up right now. But they said that previous to the mm. United States. We always trust the New York Times here. It was, yeah, exactly. It was, tipping was part of the culture in the UK, but it was essentially for the aristocracy as a way to tip their servants on top of the salary this okay. th- they were already making as like a job well done. I'm paying you a full salary, but I'm also giving you this. And then when it got adopted in the United States, we got rid of the salary or drastically brought it down below minimum wage okay. as a way to not have to pay people. It also sounds like that's the boss giving them the tip, which is what yes. we would consider a bonus, right? That if I've it. hired you anyway and I'm paying yeah. you a salary and then yeah, I yeah, tip yeah. you, right. that's a bonus. What One more argument in favor of tipping and then we can we can dissect it and ruin it okay All right. Let, let's let's say i'm a restaurant owner um it's my understanding that restaurants have very low profit margins they they're they're like one to two percent right so they want us to believe but uh, yes yeah they they don't make money yes the worst it's the worst business to get into it's it's very difficult to make a restaurant work and they don't tend to last a very long time right so if i have a one to two percent business margin um and upcharging is important to me because it's it's directly incentivizing every server to sell as much products as possible. If you remove that, it it might be that for a few months I'm able to pay everybody fifteen dollars an hour, but 
down the road, the business just goes out because we now have a 20% reduction in sales and that results in a lower profit margin. We can't pay everybody. So um, if I were a restaurant owner, I think that's what I would say is that it's actually for the benefit of both of us, me and the server, to have this upcharge model. Yeah. I ran a business for 10 years um, and uh, that was we didn't have t- it was a food truck business in China, ice cream truck. And we didn't have there was no tipping. I don't know. No one tipped because that wasn't part of the it's so far outside of the culture. It wasn't even thought of. Can you imagine tipping in a Chinese ice cream truck? <laughs> we did upcharge. Uh, we did push. Our, we incentivized our employees to sell the higher margin um, mm. items on the menu, which is upcharging. And the way we did that is by bonuses. By okay. we knew what how much they specifically sold every day, and so then mm. or their team, we put them into small teams, and then they would get a bonus at the end of the month based off of whoever had the highest sales and the highest margins of gotcha. sales, and we kept all that stuff. So you'd be able to keep track of like receipts and things, and you'd be able to say, uh, this this guy is consistently selling more of the high-end chocolate fudge ice cream as opposed to this guy who's who's doing middle-of-the-road stuff. So this guy, the, the first guy gets the bonus. Yeah, and we know it even down to um, if you sold all of our items equally, then the the profit margin was like, on the cost of goods sold, was like 67% or something like that, which meant that... For example, if you sold something for $5, the cost to make that should be like $1.27 or whatever, six, whatever might be 33%, right? So you're making 67% of every everything you're selling, 67% of its profit. But if you're upselling, if you're selling the higher end stuff, which has better margins than the average, then you can get your monthly personal margin from 67% to like 71%. So we kept track of all those, all that data. And that's how we could tell. That's why when I worked at Arby's, which is not a tip job, I would always push. I, I, would, mm. I was, I wish they were keeping track because I always push people to get the yeah, Chimoka shake. shakes. But I also ate so much of the food. Did you keep track of how much <laughs> food people ate? Turner and I literally got that shake at your instigation when we were in Dallas here about four <laughs> months ago, Kat. We literally got that. What's <laughs> in this shake? That's why I brought it up. I had a couple of callbacks. They were actually awful. I think they made them incorrectly for us. So they just tasted tasted Uh, like vanilla. Well, that's why I was a good employee. (laughs) Uh, I I, I was going to say the other possible way to do this is just... Have uh, if if you want to incentivize servers to upcharge, you could just make it an obligatory twenty percent. Um, so like you just at the end of the, you don't even have to show the customer. It's just the the server is getting twenty percent of whatever the meal is. Sure. Um, although yeah. that would be like like would then you're good. still kind of having tipping, but really you're having a profit sharing model at that point in effect, as opposed to a base salary. That's yeah. sort of what I was thinking is why not just tie it to like if the restaurant does well, you get paid more. There have to be some accountability on that because otherwise the restaurant can be like our yeah. sales are flat well, and never pay anyone more. And employees hate that because they'll go, yeah. I was doing absolutely everything while yeah. everyone else was sleeping in the ice cream truck. And so we True. didn't do well, but it's not my fault. That. But there's also a difference between a restaurant, which has had this model and has is a tough business. And there's so many other businesses, though, where people are not, you know, like. You're supposed to tip your deli counter now. I sent you guys this article. You're so, the guy who cuts your turkey, me or him. You're supposed to tip every. You get a haircut. You have to tip twenty percent. You do everything you do in life. Oh, the yeah, the barber, the haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't understand because, like, what if the guy owns the place? Do you have to tip him? I don't know how this all the works. Like, we're tipping <laughs> everyone in society now, and, and yeah, it's not I, just the restaurant, you know. So, Andrea. Here's one very, very specific argument that I can muster in favor of tipping, and I'm going to say it mainly because it makes me seem like a hero, which is on the rare occasion that I'm, I'm now I'm never going to get hired again, but on the rare occasion that I'm doing like traveling for work and someone else is paying the bill for the taxi or the meal or the mm. whatever, 
I don't yeah, go then wild, but I will I will give people fifty percent tips like left and right, and uh, and oh, yeah. and I feel like I'm like rebalancing the scales. That happens twice a year, so it's not like that's uh, <laughs> resolving the other issues. But I I do like having that discretion. That's a key part of our economy: <laughs> expenses. Yeah. Well, I have a, I, I think the main the main advantage, the main uh, argument I can make for tipping is what I think Andrea just glossed over it, but it makes you feel like a hero. Yeah, it's like, and then you bra- right. you tell everyone about it. Exactly. Wit Kaplan and I have a good friend who every time we go out to dinner with him, he goes, "Everybody, don't be cheap. We're tipping forty percent. This is yeah. the best restaurant." I eat here often. They pool their tips. We got. I'm gonna. These people work hard. Of course, this guy's like a mil, multi multi millionaire. He's like they work hard. We have to give them money. That guy sounds so obnoxious. I'm inviting you all it, to a really expensive restaurant and then demanding you pay forty percent. You can go to hell. Oh, and it makes him feel great about it. And it stopped. My brother doesn't come to New York City anymore because he goes. I'm gonna go out to dinner <laughs> with that guy. We can't afford it. We. I'm trying to figure out who this is. I'm so excited. <laughs> Wait, he once picked a restaurant that had the 20% given. My my brother's kids go to a public- No, he'll, if it has 20% built in, he'll have his tip more. That thing. You always. Oh, it's 20. That's the minimum. It's 40. My brother's kids yeah. go to public school because of him. They can't afford <laughs> private education because this guy makes it to 40%. And it, but it makes him, I'm sure he feels great about it. He gets to, you show, what yep. is it called? It's uh, virtue signaling, I guess, <laughs> yep. is the term. Right. Yeah. You know, so so like that that's another big part of this, mm-hmm. which is the the psychic element, the psychic utility of tipping. You do you do feel good if uh the the bartender or the uh the server is really cute or they're fun uh, <laughs> and you you hit it off and you give them you give them 30% and you feel like mm-hmm. a, a big shot, right? Yeah. Um that's there. I, I I as a customer, I don't like tipping. I, I can I, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a restaurant owner. Um I had like again, if I were a waiter, it really just depends on what the alternate wage would be for me in terms of what I want. But as a customer, I don't like it. And I think the reason I don't like it is um mathematically it, it ends up being the same thing. Uh if you if you want to have me if, if you're just gonna pay them 20% of the bill, uh, or you're gonna outsource it to me to determine whether I pay them 20% of the bill, it's the same mathematically to me, but it's much more psychologically taxing for mm-hmm. me to have to determine what I'm gonna pay them. Even if it's the exact same outcome. I now have to pay twice in my mind. I'm I'm paying yep. twice. I'm paying the bill and I'm paying the tip. And I don't want to do that. I'd rather just you take care of it. I know it's going to cost me the same amount. I'd rather do that. Do and then math. I'll tell you the other thing is I think that this the informational model is screwed up. Like if like I've been a server, if the, if the kitchen screws up, you don't like not tip the kitchen. If if the manager screws up and doesn't bring in enough people and I'm just overworked and there's nothing I can do about it, that's not my fault, right? So the information's not going there. I, I think it would actually uh, make more sense to just go, you need to to grow a spine and go tell the manager that this was a crap rest, uh, crap server. Like, like right now we have a system that's basically predicated on being passive aggressive. Uh, if I don't like the server, I'm going to give them 15% or less if I really, really don't like them. Well, then you'll go on Yelp and write a bad review though, and you'll mention the server in there, but- Right, exactly, and like uh, maybe we should just go talk to the the manager, or you could you could just have a form that yeah. they put out at the at the end. Just hey, here's your here's your check. Um, uh, it would be great if you filled out the survey. It's three questions: Did I do a good job? Did I do a bad job? Whatever. Like I, I think there's other ways to get that information back to the management. Yeah, I think you. I th- something you just brought up, uh, Heaton, a second ago was this idea that we don't. It, it should be illegal not to tell everyone what the final price is going to be mm. of the item. 
You, it's like, well, the, you can get the chicken for $20 or the steak for $28, but none of that's really $20 and $28. It's plus tax plus tip. And even at like private clubs, they'll put like a little plus plus sign, but they don't, t- they'll be like, oh, the, din- the dinner plus the show tonight is $75 plus plus, but they don't tell you what the plus plus is. It works out to be like $111. I think that every other part of society, you have to tell someone what something's going to cost Except the restaurants and except medicine. Medicine would be the big exception to that, where you get a Americans love not letting you know. Well, that all depends on mm. your health insurance and yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 you and also tipping system is great. I think the only person it I guess it works out if you if you're a, someone who's a waiter and you like that system, that's fine. But the person who really wins is the owner of the establishment because if nobody tips you. They they have you get mad at the customer. They don't say, "Oh well, I'll make it up to you today." I you didn't get a tip, so I'll kick in more. No, they're always like those people should be tipping you more. Though that what the the gall of that customer to not give you the money I should be giving you. I I don't think that happens too much uh, as a former server, but I will say um, Turner that I've they can't lose is my point. Right, they're, it's a win win. They're protected. I, I very much agree with you on the. Um, on just how irritating it is as, as a consumer. So I'm in the UK a lot. In the UK, the taxes are built into the price. Yep. Uh, whether you're at a you're at a convenience yeah. store was or well. you're in, yep, uh, you're at a the restaurant or whatever. If it's if it says three pounds, I don't like. In America, I never know how much anything's ever going to cost ever because there's going to be a different state sales tax. Mm-hmm. There might be a municipal sales tax on top. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, God forbid they just built a stadium downtown and now there's this other tax and there's an airport tax. But it's all less than the English tax, which is 17%. Exactly. And um, I, I, the ideological argument for that is that like I, the owner, that's I'm not getting that. Uncle Sam's getting that. Why should I have to do it? But as, as a consumer, it's really irritating. As a consumer, I would prefer to know what it is up front. And I would love it if it was a round number. I would love it if it were two two pounds, two dollars. Well, and and, the, and I've experienced both where like, I've had friends come here and then go to buy something and then not have enough cash because it said it was two ninety nine and they have three dollars, but it ends up being way more. And I had the reverse happen mm. when I was in the UK. We all went out. It was a group of six or seven of us went out to dinner. And at the end, the bill came and we divided it up. And as Americans, I'm used to that moment being extremely stressful. No one pays enough, even without someone saying everyone pay 40%. It's like, no, everyone's like, well, my thing was 12 and theirs was this. And, and, and this time we all just paid and walked away. And I was like, whoa, we must have gotten this wrong. How do we? And it's just because it was the price was what we all thought it was. And we didn't have to do all this extra math. And, and as you get into bigger groups, it's a mess. Trying to be the person on the other end. It's stressful for me, too. I don't drink alcohol. And to yeah. go out to dinner with your friends, and they all have 19 martinis. And then the bill comes, yep. and they're like, I don't know. What do you think, $300 a person? I'm like, I had a Same. $31 steak. I drink very little, <laughs> and here it comes. I'm vegan, and so the same. Like, I'll get a you know yeah. a side salad for $3.99, and everyone is having steak. And it's like, oh, let's just split it. And you're like, oh, it's brutal. Yeah, meanwhile, Kaplan's getting hammered off my money. It makes me yeah. not want to go out. Yeah. You got to gotta hang out with vegans. Yeah, I live in Texas, so I eat meat all the time, and I've got kind of a small drinking problem, and I'm not very good at math. So <laughs> this, you. you see how it's difficult yeah. for me. Yeah, you're, you're he winning. needs money. Send him tips. So that's the reason we're all here today. <laughs> well, I, like I, to, to go to another one though. Like um, I would have, I did prefer to be making tips when I was a, a tour guide um, because. Mm. If if I I know I knew the boss if he was going to pay me he offered to do it he was like we I'll give you guys I think it was uh, twenty pounds an hour um, so like like it'd be for a three hour tour you get sixty pounds 
and which is not bad. Uh, and I had tours that did that, but I also knew that there would be those tours where a retired couple would love me, and I reminded me of their, their reminded them of their grandkid or whatever, and I'd make 120 quid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I like doing it. That said, this brings me to the biggest revelation I want to have on today's episode. Let's go. I think a substantive part of the problem with the ambiguity around tipping is that we're actually talking about two phenomena using one word. We use the word tip to refer to customer outsourced wages which is what we're doing with servers where you you the server or you you the you the customer are de- you're determining the salary of this person right you're you're the one doing that that's one phenomenon the other one is uh job well done i i am not expected to do this but i'm so impressed with you that i'm giving you a bonus on top of your salary right these are two different phenomenon and we treat them like they're the same yeah. thing i think it would actually be very healthy to switch that so like I I don't feel I need to tip baristas unless they do an extraordinary job. They're making they're they're making a salary that's not tip dependent. But if they do a great job, where yes. we hang out Thank for three you. hours, I'll give them I'll give them a bonus, right? But that's different. The, the tip, or it's like you get the free coffee card. I, that's when I tip. Yeah, there's there's. We need another word for this because you're right. When you get the, when you get when you hit twelve free. Uh, okay, so so I know that there used to be a term called veil, v a l e, which is what the uh, the peasants revolted on the nobility at for suspending. Let's go. Um, so I don't know whether that was the bonus or whether that was the outsourced wages. That sounds like the bonus one. But okay, bo- bonus is a good one. We use bonus, right? Here's your bonus. But bonus is when the employer pays it. That's that's my issue with that. One is a tip, mm-hmm. and one is yes. wage compensation. Is what I would offer. Mm. Yeah, that should be the word. So wait, wait, wage compensation? It, yeah. No, it should be called money. The customer has to pay you because your boss won't. Yeah, yeah. And that's what <laughs> literally it say wages. On the bill. Maybe just wages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's call it what it is. Why not salary? I I do think splitting those would be very helpful. Yeah, I agree. I, I, agree. I think that that would like that, that would, and then that would that would also like. I hate the ambig. I, I really do not like it when I go to a food truck and the person makes direct eye contact with me and goes, "Would you like to leave a tip?" Mm. Yeah. No, you're, you're not. You're not mm. a server. You didn't go over the options with me. I'm all I'm doing is waving. A, I'm telling you a thing and giving you a card. I don't. No, want that's a tip. the uncouth way yeah. to do it. Uh, no, they're supposed to say like, "Would you like to sign?" Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's not a sign, you're just pressing a button. They don't even mention the tip. Yeah. Good work. Good call, Cap. Yeah. And then they put it over. They do. You mentioned earlier. They do that turn. They show it to you. Do they have Square in other countries? Like, does, does Square in other countries not have the tip there? Do we know? I think it's... Uh, you know what? When, when I was in Britain, it was weird. I had to request... Because uh, I was over there recently. I had to request to tip people. So, like, um, they just didn't... They. Uh, it's my understanding that in Britain, it's pretty regular to tip 10% on sit-down meals. Mm. But even then, but I would, like... Yeah. I'd, I'd pay my bill, and and then I'd go, can I give you a tip? And they'd go, oh, yeah, the, great, thanks. But I'd, I'd have to specifically request it. But it wasn't the default state as it is over here now. And people play with the default. You get the option of like 24%, 19%, or 5%. Like I saw that the other day. So like I'm probably going to do 20%, and you're now giving me 24 or 19%. I know what you're up to. I'm giving yeah. you 19%. You were trying Ooh. to trick me into overdoing <laughs> it. No, you got 19. You screwed yourself out of a 1%, jerk. I hope That's you said that 1%. to their face. I did. Yeah. I, th- I threw all my stuff. No, I'm very <laughs> passive aggressive. Uh, no, I was sorry. I was just going to say, I remember I was in Europe once, I think in the Czech Republic, and I left a few euros or whatever tip because they were really nice. And I was like, well, we're an American. They probably think, I don't know. And the person ran yep, after that's me. That's happened to me too. And just thought I had left money, thought I lost money. <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's for you. And I would just love if that was the feeling in America oh, just absolutely once. Absolutely. Like, no, never. you sure? Yeah. Well, 
You really? You got a $3 coffee and you're leaving me a $2 tip? Are you yeah. sure? Well, restaurants, no. at no. least in New York Never. City, restaurants are getting squirrely about it now, even more so, because there is a movement and murmurs around like, oh, tipping is we is like not good for, it, it's, it's pro- uh, restaurant owner and we should be not tipping and moving away from all the progressive spots are doing this thing now where oh. they say we're not we're there a tip free restaurant we're a tip free yes. hair salon we're tip free whatever but right Danny Meyer started that well, right and, and the Danny Meyer chains where he would he wouldn't have tips and well some places exactly and some places I think do it for real like it's built into the prices and you pay what minus the tax issue but otherwise it's done but increasingly I'm seeing places where they're like there's no tipping do not tip us but know that we will add a 20% service fee, like Turner was saying at Caroline's, a 20% right. service fee that we split among all the restaurant workers. And like, that's a little different from a tip because it's not discretionary. I'm still paying 20% more than what's listed on the menu. It's also yeah. different because I guess the cooks get it in addition to the servers, which is, I think, maybe more fair, but bad for servers. No, but they, they, they cooks get it everywhere. They pull tips, I think it depends they? on the place. They always places. That's what we've been told. It depends on the place. Oh, right. Also, theoretically, they should make they should make it twenty percent higher. Theoretically, if you buy a twenty dollar piece of chicken, then all of that money is somehow getting back to everyone who works in the company. Right. Right. That's right. the whole point of a business. You have to pay salaries. Right. But it just it just feels like you go there and you think, oh, there's no tip, and then you they're like, oh, actually, there is. We're just calling it, you know, yeah, wage worker worker compensation. I went to another place. There, there, there's an obligatory obligatory tip pool as opposed to a, a a salaried wage. It's like if somebody helps you move a move a couch or something, and they do a really good job, and you you're naturally going to give them money. That's like a tip for them doing something for you. Well, here it's something different when you're talking about this. Yeah, here's the trickiest one I've seen. This was recently. A place said, "Okay, we automatically add a twenty percent tip," and they called it a tip. They said we automatically add a twenty percent tip to the bill, but you can tell the server. If you want it to be less, and they'll adjust oh, it for you, and you're like, "Come on, like no one's ever gonna do that." F them. That's like that's a lot. impossible. Now you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but see that that's that that there I think is actually kind of useful because the the threat of potentially having your tip taken away is going to have some utility on the server, but is extremely unlikely to happen. I think that it would probably have about the same consequence of, like, no one's going to do that, right? The, the, the person who's going to do that is also the person who's going to call the manager and say, like, you need to fire this person. So it's mm -hmm. going to have the same effect either way. Because the only people that are ever going to do that are the people that are completely unconcerned with um, pissing off their server and looking like a jerk and that kind of thing. So I, I think it'll have the same outcome. I, I don't have a problem with... Um, an obligatory tip if it's built in, because like what you're really talking about there is just um, uh, profit sharing, which like is oftentimes what what workers are agitating for with big companies. So having a profit sharing model, I don't mind so much. As a consumer, I just want it to be. I don't want to have to do that much math, and I don't want to have to like debate the stuff in my head. Mm. Turner, uh, yeah, I, just listening to all this over the past hour, I do we think. That because he, I think you brought up this idea that all these businesses, restaurants all run on a tight margin anyway. And yeah. so they almost rely on paying their staff $2 an hour so that they can stay in business. Do you think that the president and the government of the United States know something that none of us know, or like that Bernie Frank or whoever those people, Bern, Dodd Frank, the, <laughs> that if whoever those assholes are, Bernie Frank, Dodd Frank, great senator. <laughs> Is that a God Do you think they know that if we got rid of tipping in America and all the of a sudden freak. the bosses of these restaurants had to pay the full amount to their employees, that it would crumble our economy? 
from the inside out. What, what, so so let's 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 back up. They would all go out of business overnight. The Nasdaq would tank, and then we'd all be poor. Again, I I don't think that it's 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 not like right now. Um, owners of restaurants are getting more money because they don't have to pay their employees. What what they've done is they've outsourced. No, they are. They've outsourced the salary to the to the person. The, the salary is still being paid. Right. They would raise the prices of the food. Otherwise, yeah, but then less would people would be going to the restaurant when they raise the price of the food. That's exactly right. If they no, wait, hold on, Turner. So, so like, like, like the the effect is the same. Uh, you've got a hundred dollar meal, and I am going to pay the my employee twenty dollars instead of doing that. I said, you, the customer, are I am deputizing you in charge of their salary. Mm. You get to pick whether you give them the twenty dollars or not, but. I, the restaurant owner, am not keeping some extra money as a result of this transaction. So I, I don't. I, I think the the um, economic outcome from this would really uh, boil down to upcharging. But if you were to, to suddenly have us all switch to a salaried based model, I, I don't think that um, employees would be making less money and, and or more money, and employers would be making less money. I don't no, think the employer the, side of the, the equation. Because the employer's gonna... inherent cost would go up by a lot. Like, but the if price you of had... the menu would go up. The price of the menu would go up, yeah, and so right. probably less people. I mean, I don't. know. I guess exactly. maybe not less people would eat at the it's, restaurant. It's it's possible too. It's possible that people are getting suckered in right now because I go there and I'm not thinking about the tip. That's possible. Um, I'm glad you've identified that because this is one of those things that I think, like Senator Dodd Frank, that you mentioned earlier, like fundamentally doesn't understand Bernie Dodd, which is uh, <laughs> that that um, uh, there, there's this idea that I can legislate you, the owner. You now have to care about the economic well-being of your uh, your person. Not not I'm requiring you because of these incentives. You have to pay them X amount, but I you have to you have to want to help them. And no government can ever do that ever. The government on, on no planet can make a law that changes the contents of your heart or changes what you want to do. And most of those laws uh, like that are predicated on that. The idea that I mean minimum wage is one of them. It's 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 yeah. uh, it's price fixing and and the ideas that. I'm going to, you're, you're going to pay your employees more out of your pocket, which never happens. You either increase what you're making all of your consumers pay. And so you're passing it on to the consumer or you're automating your, your employees and that kind of thing. So I think that's possible, Turner. Uh, I, I would, I think that the upcharge would probably be the big thing that the, the, to kind of flip it. The thing I'm curious about is why is this not happening um, now? Like if, if we all agree that tipping is irritating as consumers mm. and we would like to not have to deal with it. And it's happening in New York. Why? Why hasn't that model proliferated at all? I, I would go to a restaurant where I didn't have to worry about tipping. It sounds great. I think it's because we're all idiots, and on average, like basic behavioral economics says that unless we make it nationwide, and all of a sudden all restaurants have to pay, and you can't do tipping, and we get it that way, people are just we're idiots, and we look at the price on the menu in one restaurant, and we look at the price on the menu in the other restaurant, and we'll go to the one with the lower price, even though. There, we know that there's more tip because we don't do that math. And on average, I think these restaurants will lose out if they do it unilaterally. And I think the restaurants, that are, I could be wrong about this, but the restaurants that are doing this are in New York City are, are quite expensive. And I think they're in a city where people yes. are paying attention to this stuff. And it's a very progressive place. And it's, it's, it's virtue signaling of its own kind. And I don't know yes. that that would be able to, to, to work. Even if you did it statewide, I bet there would be people who are like, well, I live on the border of New Hampshire and Vermont. I'm going to go eat in Vermont because it's cheaper. Like, it's not, but mm. we're idiots. We're all idiots. That's why. <laughs> Is that an argument? <laughs> if I was the, a lobbyist for McDonald's. Let's go. This is where I would be spending all of my lobbying money. 
Because right now, it is wildly cheaper to eat fast food than it is to eat at a restaurant that has you tip. But no one thinks of it as wildly cheaper because they don't include the tip when they're thinking of going to the non to TGI Fridays. They don't think of the tip part. They just think of like, well, it's a 14 $12 burger at Fridays or a $3 burger at McDonald's. Really, it's a $20 versus a $3. So McDonald's should be pushing hard at the government of the United States to force everyone to put the real prices on the menus. Interesting take. <laughs> Interesting. But isn't, isn't that a completely like the, the person that's running the till at McDonald's? How am I wrong? Because then more people will eat their food because it's, it's wildly cheaper. But yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking though, like the, but the the person taking your order at McDonald's is functionally no different than the person checking you out at the grocery store. Like you're you're not dealing with a waiter; you're dealing with somebody running a cash register. That's what turns. They're is also saying. like facing those people. Yeah, out. they're automating. I'm saying not no one, I'm not saying start tipping in McDonald's. I'm saying mm-hmm. that they they clearly run a very good business with no tips at all. They pay all their employees and a minimum wage or more, whatever they make. And they don't rely on minimum tips. wage. So yeah. then they should force everyone else. No, the managers make more than minimum wage. There's plenty of people who do. No, but not the not the employees. Yeah. Managers are employees. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I mean, so have you ever worked anywhere? Uh, I mean, the we're, people we're gonna, at the register are make minimum wage. I've worked at our. They, they make minimum wage. The people at the register. I never said the people order. at the register. I said the people who work there. Anyway, you, well, you, I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying, them. right? Kaplan yeah. ran me off halfway through my point, but the point is- Actually, actually I don't quite understand. So you're saying, Turner, that it would be in McDonald's interest to require businesses to itemize where all the costs are so that people make that calculation in favor of McDonald's? No. They, it would be in their best interest to to make the restaurants uh, give you the, the actual price of the product on the product, which would include the tax, include the tip. Or maybe include the tip. I don't know if include the tax, but that because that's what McDonald's does. So why not? So if everyone right. else is doing the same thing, you could see that actually it's much cheaper to work there. Like it already looks okay. cheaper to go to McDonald's in a sit down restaurant, and this would make it even more obvious. That's my point. There we go. I, I feel like as a consumer, I'm aware that McDonald's yeah, is cheaper yeah, than a sit down restaurant. I don't need any help for <laughs> but, making that but calculation. I, Turner is saying it would seem even cheaper. Even cheaper. Relative. Okay. Because you would be like, all right, everyone, increase your prices because uh, to incorporate tips. And McDonald's and any other place that doesn't have tipping would say, great, it stays where it is. And uh, so you're like, oh, yes. wow. That's my point. Well, okay. It's Thanks, the first Andrew. thing, as a, as a coastal elite, I do not go to McDonald's, but now I might. Now that Turner is pointing out how much cheaper it is. <laughs> it's a wonderful uh, restaurant. I'm going to go there now. Well, that article, I read on, uh, that article I read on tipping mentioned how, like, it was a very coastal elite article, and it mentioned how, like, Part of the reason you should be giving 20, 25% to all these people is because of inflation. But in my head, I hear that and I go, well, if that means that the restaurants are charging more money to begin with, so the yeah. tips are higher. And yeah. so, yeah, they're making even more than ever. So again, maybe I'm right. Maybe you're go- maybe I'm going to McDonald's for dinner tonight because I got to figure hey! out where we're going. Kaplan, I, I, I think you're right about that. The uh, What was it? It was like Grub Street or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the yeah, article. I mean, the logic made no sense to me. I'm like, the waiter's yeah. making more money then because of inflation, if, right? If, if all of the things in the, in, the, in the supply chain have increased in price and that's reflected into the price that I, the consumer, am paying and I'm still paying 20% of that. The the, the server's <laughs> making more money based off of that. Less, yeah. actually. I bet it down at 15%. We <laughs> yeah. Uh, so can, can I run through a few things with you? Uh, one, apparently I'm overpaying bartenders. I should just be paying a dollar per drink unless it's a fancy cocktail? Yes. I think that's right. Really? I think you should pay a couple dollars a drink on a cocktail, yeah. And unless it's like, a, like Turner said, like a sit-down a bar, but you're like getting table service and it's like cocktails right. and all that. 
Or if you're sitting but, at but the bar just, for a couple hours versus yeah. I'm thinking like you're at a bar, like a, a busy bar or nightclub, you're going up and getting one drink, you know? A dollar. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, especially since you're so good looking that you're getting the bartenders are serving you. You don't yeah. have to ask the group drinker. You all just saved me a lot of money. Thank you. Yeah, definitely uh, not I 20%. Might, I, okay. Thank you. This is great. Great. Uh, Uber drivers. Mm. Mm. I give like a dollar. I, I did not do this 20% thing. I give like five. I make a big distinction on whether they get your bag out of the trunk or not. Because I usually only use them when going to the airport. Oh, if it's an airport, that's yeah. I only use them for airport yeah. drives as well. And I, yeah. I actually will also make a distinction on like if it was like miserable traffic and I ruined their whole night because I tried to go to JFK at rush hour or something. Oh, I blame mm. them for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I want them to, to do a good route and not just follow the GPS. If I tell you go down this street, it's better. and They don't listen. Well, there's no tip. I don't usually tip Uber drivers. When, yeah. when the I do sometimes, but kind of rarely. When when they created Uber, the president of the company said we're we're paying. The whole thing was no tipping. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, we're not we're not tipping. We we only want people to tip if they did an ex- exemplary job, which is what I do. I treat it like a bonus if someone's really cool and I really like them, or they they do they do something extraordinary. But I don't. That's how I treat it. I often forget if I'm honest. Like a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, well, you get out of the car and you don't think about it again for three weeks until you have another Uber, yeah. by which time you've moved on with your life. Yeah. Uh, what about, do you leave money for maids at hotels? No, I probably should. I never have cash. And I forget. Well, oh, wait, no. I used to, that's a great, because I'm in a hotel. I wanted to ask you guys this. I always used to leave a few dollars a night, like five dollars. I, I was a good tipper. But now they don't come in the room anymore. So am I, like, they don't come, they only come if you ask for something. They oh, don't really? come while I'm here the entire time. To make up the room. So am I supposed to tip now tomorrow when I check no. out? I, I don't. No. <laughs> I'm rarely, I'm usually only staying in hotels. I say 90% of the time if I'm working at that hotel or in that town as a comedian. And so therefore I just, I'm like, no, I'm, wor- I'm, I'm working too, man. Everybody's. Yeah. But those people make nothing, I think. And they, I mean, they're all like, oh, I don't know. I feel bad. I, I, and, and- I don't, I rarely tip Maids, but I probably should. I, I, I this is new to me. I don't even know you were supposed to do this, but you're supposed to leave, oh leave like a dollar on the counter. I only know yeah. my dad was very. Uh, he's still alive, nice. but when we would travel together when I was young, uh, my my father was very good about leaving a few dollars, uh, even in the '90s. When again, that was like a thousand dollars. And so I know that I should. I have no excuses, but I forget, and I don't have. What am I going to do? Just leave a Venmo QR code, an anti QR code, so they can withdraw. It's not right. You're yeah. You don't have money. That's a good excuse. All right. What about um, so every once in a while I board Wallace at my dog mm. at a dog boarding place here in Austin. I pay them. It's in my opinion rather expensive. And then no. when I leave, they go, "Would you like to leave a tip for the group?" And I go, "Of course." And I put in uh, one dollar uh, because they've asked me, and I'm a coward. But I also feel like I've already paid for this thing, so I don't. And like Wallace can't fucking tell me how his time was. Right. Yeah, that's like ridiculous. if if Wallace goes. <laughs> then I'd give him money, but I don't know. I'm not the guy that was in the pay- the cage. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I should have to tip him. What do you think? I think you tip the dog as a dog owner. I'll say when they, you get a haircut, I treat it like a human haircut. I give, and her, my dog's haircuts are way more expensive than mine. So I tip like $10 because, <laughs> but on a, on a boarding, no, that's their job. They're just doing their job. Yeah. No tip. Yeah. Okay. What, why do we tip barbers? Cause they, they're like yeah. my, my barber makes, oh, I, I I, it's a pretty good price for what I pay. But I also pay. It's now seventy five dollars to get my hair cut. It's, in a, it's so expensive. Yeah, like, 40, I, I, but it's like, like I think I pay. Yeah, like like here in Austin, it's like sixty dollars, and I always tip. Why am I doing that? Well, and you're supposed to tip the person who washes your hair, which I didn't know until recently, and now yeah, I overdo so you tip it. The out shower, of guilt. Gr- the, if you're in a salon, we don't do that. In oh yeah, men, it's just, yeah, the yeah. same person does all of it. 
I, but I tip. Hmm. I always tip, and I, I feel weird. I mentioned this earlier, but I, the guy owns the place. So then I'm like, he's owner. Well, I was just gonna say, mine is the same arrangement, and I'm like, why am I tipping you? You set the price. But I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna not tip exclusively because it's a repeated interaction, and that's my same. my argument for for Wallace and it, is like it's repeated uh, and it's an important interaction. Yeah, right. I mean, your hair—they could screw you up. They could just chop off part of your hair. I tip. Yeah. I tip for those exact reasons because I'm being bullied into it. Yeah. Well, hold on. The the, the repeated In interaction makes sense, Andrea, because yeah. yeah. like, um, like. I got a haircut when I was in New York. I, f- I flew through New York um, on my way back from Scotland, um, went to my old hairstylist there um, who owns his business, mm-hmm. and I tipped him. And I always – partly one time I tipped him a little bit less than usual, and he called me to see if I was okay, and it terrified me. And so I've always like like give him the exact same amount. Yeah. Um, but I also know he's going to squeeze me in. We're buddies now. Yeah. There is a there – is, there is uh, because there's repeated service, I am incentivized as the consumer to give him a bonus mm-hmm. to ensure good uh, good service. Interesting, which feels a bit like a hostage scenario to me. Uh, you can that, get your haircut <laughs> somewhere else. Now you're that's getting true. it. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. yeah, but again, that's different. The hostage thing is the key from the wage compensation. That's the distinction. Yeah, now it's on yeah, me as opposed say, to the them. last thing I would say is that the hostage feeling is where is like the problem. Like I like to like you know like how in Goodfellas when you go in and you go to the back room and you get the nice table and you're given ten dollars each time. Yeah, like my grandfather used to every time we go to a ball game, he would tip the the usher and they'd give us better seats. Yeah, and I thought mm. that's so cool. Like that's the way I want to be, but I don't want to be like bullied into like right, <laughs> just like obligatory like yeah i gotta give you money to this or you're gonna cut cut my ear off yeah now it's a mafia situation like in el salvador cap when i went down there they would have one of the ms-13 guys that on it'd be the end of every block <laughs> and when you came home from work this is true when you come home from work at no, night you have to give him five bucks just to get into your home i don't think they call that tipping though i think they call well it's the same concept it's out of yeah. fear yeah. It's no yeah. different yeah. from it's giving not- your barber might as well work for MS-13 when he's like, give me money or else you're getting a bad haircut. <laughs> the, the discretionary spirit is yeah. lost when you fear for your life. Yes. <laughs> That's a great yeah, point. Yeah. When, I, when I was in Albania a few years ago, which is, from what I can tell, an entirely bribe-based yeah. economy. Yeah. The whole economy is just a series of weird bribing schemes. Uh, and like you have like like students leave money uh, underneath um, their essays for their teacher. They bribe their teacher. That I support. Uh, and you bribe... You you bribe the, you bribe the mayor and like and I was yes. really aghast at this and they were like well, you like don't you bribe your waiters and I was like no we you know we tip our waiters and they're like well how's that different and yeah. I was like huh no I wish it was a bribe I wish it was so they would do something better it's really just so they won't do something worse yeah if you tip up front that would change that things. would be that's a great idea tip up front do you guys give this is off tipping a little bit but do you give money at, at the grocery store when they're like oh one dollar round up one dollar to give to the kids in Uganda or whatever <laughs> not yeah, unless okay, I'm feeling guilty about something else in my life and then I'll compensate mm. I I regularly contribute every month to to multiple charities and then there's a, a yeah. lump sum that I keep at the end of every year I have, I have a bank account that's just charity that oh, wow. that auto deducts every month and at the end of the year I determine based on charity navigator and a number of things where that would be best spent. So if I if I'm at a, a checkout line and they go, hey, do you want to give money to this organization you know nothing about? Mm. You don't know what their overhead is. You don't know if they're pissing it away on advertising or if it's a scam. Um, no, I'm not going to give you money. I, like yeah. it's probably going to go better to this thing that I've like. But it, it went in doubt. Buy mosquito nets in Africa. That's the best thing you can do with your money. Like it's great. You save lives. Just give money to mosquito nets in Africa. Here's a question for you all. This is. Basically not a tip, but it made me think of it. What about when uh, homeless people come up to you and ask you for money? Um, I've got this. Yeah, I feel like Eaton does. 
I will never turn if, – if somebody says I'm hungry, I will buy them a sandwich or something. It usually costs me a lot more than if I gave them a dollar. Yep. Um, I, I, I know and love some people that have addiction issues, and I do not want to help fund anybody's addiction issue. That is a monster that I don't want to put money in. So if I don't know you, I don't know where that money's going to go, and I'm not going to give you money. But I will go get you a sandwich, and I'll, like, I'll end up spending like 12 15 bucks. Uh, but I don't give anybody change. And a lot of the time what happens is somebody's very thankful and they're like, oh, great. Would you get me $20 worth of stuff? And I have to go, I'm going to get you one Subway footlong sandwich and a drink and maybe a cookie. And then we're going to, I can't, I'm just not going to give you anything more than $15. Um, and a cookie. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay Meatball? to yeah. the point where like, some, they're, they're having a, regardless of what the situation is, they're having a really tough day. Well, yeah. I can afford to buy them a sandwich. Double I'll meat. do that. But I, I know yeah. exactly where it's going, right? But but when, when they're like, "Can you give me money?" I'm like, yeah. "Look, I'm sorry. I just I do, it's a policy. I never give money to people I don't know. I just I'm not going to do it." I ask if they pool their tips with other homeless people, and then I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, I had a great. homeless person recently who told me he was on Venmo, by the way, and I was like, "What? They, Venmo? Yeah, I'm yeah. giving you money. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. Wow. Uh, I've seen some with Square. Wow. Also, uh, my cards? goodness, per our last roundtable, we should have said um, unhoused people without. People no, people experiencing mm. homelessness. That's what you're supposed to say. Yes, you're That's right. That's the new mm. term. Yeah. 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 Cancel you for bringing that up. Um, yeah. So to to round it out, um, what would you guys like to see change? And also, would you just like to see it? Restaurants do it or make it a law? I'll, I'll go first. I would love to go to restaurants where this is all built in and I have to think about it, but I don't want it to be a law. I agree with Heaton on the first one, but I also want it to be a law. I want nationwide law. So you'd like, you'd outlaw tipping. Tipping's done. Over. It's a thing of the past. We got rid of slavery. Let's get rid of tipping. Let's get rid of everything that goes along with slavery. And uh, uh, you're free to disagree, like I said earlier with that. But uh, that's what I think. And um, and, uh, yeah, it should be a law. And then we all know what the, and it should be, you should have to put the actual price of stuff on the menu. Turner just persuaded me by reminding me of slavery. I was going to land somewhere between the two of you where it was like, it should be a law that you have to pay the minimum wage and a restaurant. It can't be compensa- compensatory uh, uh, payments, but I was going to allow discretionary tipping if you wanted to. But I, I think Turner's right. It, the, the slavery legacy has been a stain on this country for too long. Let's mm. get rid of it. Let's just pay what's written down. Minimum wage came out of racism too. Are you going to get rid of minimum wage? Hey, uh, all right. Hey, you're, we got a slave owner over here, everybody. You're either oh, with no. me or you're with slavery. Kaplan, what's your choice? Oh. I guess I'm going to go pro-slavery because I, I just want things. I like, I like to go back to how it used to be. Bring me back to 15% tip so I can feel really good when I give 20 uh, and eliminate all tipping for everything else. I don't want to tip a coffee shop ever again. I don't want to tip a deli counter. I don't want to tip an Uber driver. Taxi cab, I'll tip. But yeah, so I, I just don't. I, I want yeah I'd like I'd like what about door guy at a, at a fancy hotel oh, that one's oh that's the, we didn't bring this up but when you go to the hotel and they help you with your bags I'm the yeah. person who's like no 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 don't help me yeah and I'm like Carrie oh. I'm with my whole family I'm like 17 bags I got my dog and all these things I'm like no yep. no no I'm, I get so mad because then it's all this pressure anxiety do I even have cash on me do I like what am I gonna do I yeah the, and the valet car that's another thing do you ever do you guys tip that yeah, I tip valets. I don't have a car. Well, and Kaplan, I, I mean, this it, this literally is a curb episode, but 
It's not just so the guy who carries your bag isn't the guy who opens the door. And sometimes they right. pass the bags off to someone else mm. who shows you your room. And so it's like three or four people you got to break off before you get up to your and room. And then yeah. it's like you end up tipping the person who did the least amount of work because they're the last person yeah. you see. They're the person you see. The, like when I've been on business trips, Andrea, I like to bring you up. Then I'm like, I got all this money just handing out like a rock star. But no, <laughs> I would get rid of all these tips other than I'd like to feel good. I don't want to make it illegal, but I. Kevin, are you, should you be saying that on the air, by the way? Isn't there a lawsuit investigation going on right now? Well, no, but this is for work. It's, it was, uh, <laughs> this is allowed. I was, okay. I was, it was like real money. It was real people doing real jobs for me. Wait, re- real quick, Turner. If, 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 I'm, if I'm a server at a restaurant where I am going to make more money uh, on tips, you, you would, you would want to outlaw that even if I wanted to do it? Uh, let's go with sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. All right, I I like the the heady differences. I I am going to I I do not trust uh, a Senator Dodd Frank to organize the economy and uh, <laughs> Bernie, Bernie Dodd Frank. Frank. Uh, Thank you, guys. Can I ask a question? I'm about to go to dinner in Vermont, and I'm going to wait like two hours for a table because they have like three restaurants. A should I try to tip the like person mm. to like I've get my work. table? Oh, how much should yeah. I give? And that's called a bribe. I encourage. I'm for those. Those should still be allowed under my new America. So should I give a twenty, a ten? Because my grandfather, I heard, 20. actually didn't give a lot of money. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Charming about it. You give uh, a twenty. How much should I give? Him? I think I think a twenty. Let us know how it goes. I do. You know, you guys know how I love to go to Maurice yeah. Crisis. Uh, a couple, couple of years ago, there was a yeah. gal that was joining me there. But if you get to Maurice's Crisis after eight on a Thursday or a Friday, it's an hour long wait. I'm a veteran. I already know this, so I was in there by six o'clock. She came in. And uh, she was way at the back of the line. So I went to the, the, the door lady and I went, hello, have you ever accepted a bribe before? And she went, what? And I went, I'm going to give you $20. And there's a young lady at the back of the line. She's in a red sweater. You're going to let her in. Does that sound good to you? And she went, oh, this is just weird. I'm going to let her in. <laughs> I didn't even require the yeah. Apparently, Apparently, oh, me being like wow. John Cleese was very off-putting in this transaction. I have a so my friends are uh, uh, two comedians, Steve Simone and Ari Shafir, used to work as door guys at the comedy store in LA. And there'd be like a big line on Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset, whatever it is, where the, the comedy store is on. Yeah. You know, ho- think of Hollywood, nightclub, line of 100 people to get in. And they would tell people as door guys that if you tip me 20 bucks, I'll get you a front row seat at the comedy show. And so people would, and meanwhile, no one wants to sit in the front. Like they, it was always <laughs> yeah. impossible to fill the front. And that was their way of filling the front by getting that's $20 smart. and putting people in the front. Oh my God. That's brilliant. That's Genius. brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Tipping is allowed for that purpose only. That's, yeah, the that's my new stance. All right. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Uh, we all I agree think, on that. Uh, I learned I'm paying too much uh, on, on alcohol. Uh, and, and otherwise, it remains muddled. Yeah. But I very much enjoy talking to everybody. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Depends how attractive the bartender is. That's Just it. our Venmos, you know? <laughs> Kaplan 44. Yeah, Venmo I will. Um, like uh, Kaplan and I, I, we have a real plug. Yeah. We're doing uh, yeah. March 2nd. We're doing another screening of our show where we went to El Salvador. So Kaplan and I filmed self-produced, self-financed, a pilot. Mm. No one's given us a no TV show. So, so we said, let's go create one ourselves film a pilot and try to sell that pilot to networks. So we're sending it out to um, comedy festivals and everything right now. But we went to El Salvador last summer, um, hung out with the stand-up comedian, the stand-up comedy scene down there, all the comedians put on a show with them, the first bilingual show in the country, English and Spanish. And 
learned what it was like to live in a country where Bitcoin is your currency. And now we have a seven, 47 minute pilot episode. Think of halfway between Insomniac with David Tell and uh, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Anthony Bourdain. That's it. Anthony Bourdain. That guy. No, parts unknown. One of those. But it's, so it's one parts of those, unknown. but funny. I've seen it. I saw a preview. It's awesome. How can people check it out? How can, how can they get in on ah, this? Thank you. Oh yeah, so go the the only way to the only way to watch it's online, so it'll be screening at um, March second at nine p.m. Eastern, and then I'll tell your listeners only. We're probably going to leave the if you can't make that exact time, we'll probably leave the stream up for a couple days so you can watch it at your convenience. Um, and uh, you go to Patreon.com/slash Lost in America. Lost in America is the name of our show. Any Patreon amount you throw in five bucks. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you want. Everybody will get the links into them. The private uh, nice. YouTube link. What about 30 yeah. cents? No. no. $5. Three times. <laughs> if you try that Perkins move, you yeah. don't get to watch nothing. Can I go All Perkins? Right. All right. $5. A red penny. A poor uh, catch. I, I, will, I will go ahead and end it there. And uh, everybody send me your, email me your Venmo amount. I'm going to put that in the show description. And so if anybody wants to tip anybody Great. here, we'll see what happens. Yes. There Amazing. we go. See who gets to the highest. If they only tip Turner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye, all. Thanks. Bye. Get lost. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.